This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Interesting what you might see if you really keep a keen eye out. Uh, the OPP, well, that's sort of what they're enjoined to do, right? Kerry Schmidt with the OPP, uh, he was telling us that, you know, they <laughs> they spotted a dude driving along in Oakville, uh, clipping uh, along at 135 uh, kilometers per hour. I think it was like a 60 zone or something like this. But the dude was actually flossing his teeth. He was in a Tesla Model S, and uh, he was hands-off, hands-off, flossing his teeth while the car was actually doing the driving. Which tells me that a lot of people have a real sense of uh, security when it comes to how these vehicles operate. And is that appropriate or no? Well, let's find out about that and what the city is planning, because Andrea Horvath talking about Doug Ford's war on the environment. Well, the city of Toronto, you know, they're doing their part, they say, to uh, fight climate change and so on and so forth. Wait till you hear what they have on plan. First and foremost, though, to the matter that this uh, flossing of teeth might show you that people are overly confident when it comes to self-driving cars uh, like the Tesla. We're joined on the line by our friend John Carmichael, CEO of the Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council. John, how you doing? I'm good, John. Thank you. How are you? I'm fine, too. I'm kind of curious about Buddy here, decides he can floss his teeth in the Tesla Model S. I mean, is that something that uh, maybe is, well, these cars give off a false sense of security that you can do these things? Or are, are they so sophisticated that, you know, if he hadn't been going over the speed limit, he would have been all right to do so? Well, I, I think, yeah, he had two issues. He was speeding to begin with, so he should have been caught. But uh, to be flossing and driving, I find that uh, that's the ultimate of distracted driving. I mean, we've put a, we've put a rein on texting and driving. Uh, the province is doing a good job on cracking down on people, you know, with their phones to their ears and not driving hands-free of uh, a phone distraction. Uh, this is the ultimate I've heard of. Uh, I, I, I don't have a self-driving car, but I don't floss in the car regardless. Well, then you're the only one. Uh, but no, obviously this is Did not... everybody so- floss? <laughs> well, you know, good dental hygiene is uh, something that's pretty important, so I don't want to discourage people from doing this. However, well, in a car... I'm going to check that out with my dentist next time through. I, I, uh, no, I think I think clearly uh, this, this individual... Um, uh, took uh, took you know his safety into his own hands on this. Tesla are uh, are very aggressive at warning drivers to keep their hands on the wheel, and uh, and uh, the the um, uh, distracted driving situation is obviously a threat, and so they warn the drivers that you know when you when you uh, in, employ the autopilot or self steering any of their uh, new technology into that vehicle uh, and you you're using that as you drive on the highways today uh you're responsible and you've got to keep your hands on the wheel to the point where it's my understanding that they even have an alarm that will go off if you're taking your hands off the wheel and and there is no pressure on the wheel itself so tesla for one take it very very seriously to warn drivers stay engaged don't don't take this don't uh, don't get ahead of this one it's very dangerous to drive hands-free, even with the technology at the level it's at today. Well, that's he was charged with careless driving. Uh, where are we going to go in the future? I mean, if this becomes more sophisticated and, say, uh, foolproof, where, uh, you know, the automated car, can you see that anybody who's still within that car could be charged with careless driving? Oh, I, I, I would think that uh, if you are the 
the driver of the vehicle. Now, you know, and and the technology is only going to improve. Uh, I have to believe that the technology is going to get to a place where it'll be it'll be very easy to allow the the, the vehicle to get you to where you're going, and uh, and you're going to you're going to become disengaged real quick. But that would concern me. I, I, as you and I have had lots of discussion on this. That, you know, with self-parking cars, uh, self-steering, autopilot, these are all wonderful technologies, but uh, we're still at a place in time where the driver has to remain engaged, two hands on the wheel, and uh, to not only their own safety, but, but to the safety of, um, of others on the road. I was looking through some, uh, some stories on some of the accidents, and there was a, there was a particular vehicle in March of 2018 operating on autopilot where uh, the driver was killed and he had been disengaged for six seconds. Uh, that's how fast it can happen. So I, I, we're not there yet. I think Tesla in this case has a wonderful vehicle. They're, they're improving their technology every day, but they're still relying on the driver to do their job. Yeah, I was just wondering if there'd be that scenario where uh, the car drives and the guy uh, who is in the car actually sits in the passenger seat, so he's really immune from any kind of uh, blowback from the police or whatever, should the car veer off the road or uh, go through a stop sign. or Anyway, uh, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. Uh, this is the the guy was charged with careless driving out in Oakville. 58-year-old motorist. You would think uh, he might know better, but he didn't. As to uh, where we're going with the technology, obviously, you and I have spoken on numerous occasions about the e-vehicle and how attractive it is as a proposition for the future. Well, for right now, the City of Toronto, there's a new report that's come out, uh, and it says it wants to uh, get all private vehicles electric by 2050. Uh, And, in fact, they want to buy, I guess, uh, see 5% of the vehicles in Toronto by 2025 be EVs and 20% by 2030. Are those reasonable projections? No, I don't think so, um, John. I think, I think that uh, as we've chatted before, I think the electric vehicles are without question coming at a at a great pace. That uh, they're going to they're going to play an important part of the market. But I don't think those numbers are reasonable. When you look at uh, when you look at uh, less than half of one percent of the vehicles sold across this country are electric today, they're talking about a ten time increase by 2025. That's just five years from now. I don't see it. I, I now with with changes in technology by 2040, 2050. Certainly, I think we're going to see uh, new uh, new opportunities that are going to replace uh, gas-fired vehicles, or uh, are going to are going to be the order of the day. But uh, not yet. I I think we're still early on that one. And as good as electric vehicles are, and the manufacturers are building some fabulous products. The problem I see, one, and and clearly it was in uh, an article that was in the Star today, uh, talks about the infrastructure issue. Mm-hmm. And that's what you and I have chatted about a couple of times, where there just isn't the infrastructure to support the type of growth that either the city of Toronto or the province had anticipated. And my argument is I don't believe it's a taxpayer responsibility to be paying for uh, incentives to get people into these cars. I think that's between the manufacturer and the buyer. But I don't think taxpayers, as taxpaying uh, citizens, uh, are responsible to be providing incentives to uh, to move people into electric vehicles. Again, with John Carmichael, he's the CEO of the Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council. We've been talking about 
the electronic vehicles that uh, are becoming, I guess, more and more popular, but still not a critical mass, even though the city of Toronto, based on a report from an energy consulting group, uh, wants to get people into these EVs uh, and in a rather aggressive way. Right now, it's only 0.6% of the cars that are on the streets that are electric. They want to see it 5% by 2025, 20%. That's one in five vehicles by the end of this decade, and 80% by 2040. All part of the zero emission strategy to meet, I guess, uh, a number of governments at various levels, including the Fed's uh, zero emissions by 2050. But, you know, when you talked about the infrastructure, John, and I guess I'm referring to the same article in the Star, uh, they want to see a big increase in the number of public charging stations, including on-street right. residential plug-ins, on-street residential plug-ins. And, in fact, they're going to have a, a pilot project later this year that's going to look at that. What form will they take and where will they be located? Are they going to be like uh, fire hydrants? Well, I, I I have to believe not. I I would think when you talk about um, replacing or providing that facility for drivers who don't have access to garages, and you think about central Toronto today where people have to buy permits to park on the street, and those are the types of um, neighbourhoods that I believe the city's going to want to have a significant impact in. And uh, the question is is clearly, what's the cost of installing this? I I'm all for it. I actually, I, I don't object to the, the infrastructure being installed, but the question is who's going to pay it. And when the city steps up and says, you know, the government of the city of Toronto steps up and says, yeah, we're going to pay it. Well, that's your money and my money they're talking about because while well, they're increasing taxes on on our homes and, and our ability to live in this city, uh, the city's going to be paying for these installations and they're not inexpensive. They, these, are, these are pricey, number one, question is, how are you going to charge for the hydro that is emitted from those uh, charging stations? Will it be a credit card type of uh, facility? So it'll probably be more like um, a green pea uh, parking kiosk, Mm -hmm. but it's going to have to be a lot more uh, prevalent than just every 100 yards or 200 yards. Right, especially if they want to see uh, the greening of the city's entire fleet. You know, and if they're seeing the city awash with these green vehicles, you better darn well make sure there are charging stations. Uh, And yet you're saying this would be a burden borne by the taxpayer. Hmm. Well, I think so. I I believe so. But I I, and but that said, if they can show us something, I love these uh, think tanks that come out with these great ideas, uh, but they're not paying for them. They're 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 promoting the concept. But it's you and I that have to pay for this to, to bear the burden. And I. If they can provide a cost-efficient way of doing it, let's talk about it. But I haven't seen that yet. All right. Well, it's on plan, the pilot project for these charging stations on the street somewhere. I don't know where the location is going to be, but we'll wait and find out and uh, and then pass that information on. But the very aggressive timeline they're talking about to see uh, EVs on the streets of Toronto. John, I appreciate your time as always. Good luck. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Appreciate it, John. Keep well. You got it. John Carmichael, CEO of the Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.